Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For through the Son, everything was created, both in the heavenly round and on the earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality and authority, it was all created through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made and now everything finds completion in him. Verse 18, he is the head of his body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. This is Jesus. He is Christ, the supreme being. And that's who we are um, learning about today in Colossians. That's what we are going to be looking into in the weeks. This is such a powerful thing. So please be seated and prepare for the word. Thank you, band. Great to have you. Those verses were from Colossians 1 and so powerful. So during COVID, I started reading Colossians as one of my many devotions and I fell in love with the way that it was written. And I couldn't believe that even though it was written over 2,000 years ago to a young church plant, much like us here at C3 Queens Beach, that it was so relevant and pertinent to where we find ourselves situation, situated in history and in our walk with God. So we've been looking at pathways to life and have been encouraged to delve into those through all the preaching online. We've had many resources available to us. And so it was for this little church in Colossae. And the main thing that Apostle Paul was saying to them as he wrote from prison of all places was firstly, well done. You guys are awesome. There's some awesome things about you. You are rocking it. But let me as a mature Christian give you some warnings as a couple of you might be a little bit confused because there's been many different voices and not all of them are helpful. Does that sound like today's world? <laughs> and that's what we face in our current culture. So many voices all professing to hold the truth. So we need to weed out the distractions and hear from our good shepherd and follow his pathways to life. Good, a couple of you are with me. That's awesome. Well, I'm always interested in background. I find it fascinating at funerals. This might be a little bit weird, but I love hearing about the person's life and the background and things that they did and how they got to be where they are. And we used to do this thing some of you may have heard about called travel. And when we were doing that... Too soon? Hashtag too soon? Yeah, okay. <laughs> when we were going to a new place, I loved looking up the, the history of it and seeing, you know, if there were some monuments or special things to go and see and finding out the history and the culture of that place. And travelling feels like ancient history now, doesn't it, <laughs> unfortunately? But when exploring and studying God's Word, the Bible, it's very important to understand the context and the culture of the day, what was happening historically at that time. Otherwise, we can get a little bit confused and start thinking, 
oh, so maybe it's okay to have slaves, right. Or, oh, all males need to be circumcised if they're Christians and all the men are crossing their legs. Or we all need to give up bacon. Not happening, my friends, okay. And all the males and all the bacon lovers said, amen, right. So as we delve into Colossians over the next few weeks, and we'll be continuing to explore this in the house church too, like I'm doing part two recording that, and that will be the next section in the house churches next week because it's a real service, and we're continuing. We need the continuity in this season. So pray for us because I do not like being in front of the camera. (laughs) Um, As we launch this, I want to give you some of the context so we know where we're going here. So hopefully you viewed the Bible project that on Colossians. That was amazing. I know everyone house church saw that. Such an insightful overview of the whole book of Colossians and so well done. It was brilliant. So Colossians is all about what it means to follow Jesus. And you're like, well, I know what you... Gospels are all about following Jesus, aren't they, Nicole? Yeah, but now it's a different time for the disciples and for us. Because at the end of the Gospels, the disciples saw Jesus ascend and go to heaven. They watched him leave. After three years of following in his footsteps and having him right there with, with them, oh, what do we do now? How do we live with Jesus not right here watching and following and you know guiding us along and how do we follow Jesus today so we're focusing on the principles the core principles and key life habits and we call them pathways to life so how do we follow Jesus now I could say that we stop doing bad things and we just start doing good but that's working from the outside and that's a recipe for hypocrisy The law, the Ten Commandments, that had all tried to help people do good. But not one person until Jesus was able to fulfill that law. It was too hard without our means, beyond our means. And the new commandment came to love God and love people. Loving God and following Jesus is about our heart, not our outward behaviours. What Jesus said you can lust in your heart for someone and you're committing adultery. And it's like, wow, you could think about lying, you've lied. That's, it leaves us in a pretty devastating place where we, we just, it's not even just what we do, it's what we're thinking and our attitudes and it's, it's impossible, right? So that leaves us in a, you know, we don't want to go back under the old law again. But because of what happened on the cross, Jesus changes us from the inside out. We don't need more knowledge and regulations and rules and another set of rules. We need Jesus and his word and his spirit in our lives. We don't need more information. We need transformation. And that comes from Jesus, from the word and the spirit, bringing life transformation in our lives. And this is what Paul was addressing and what he determined the church of Colossae needed to be reminded of. So the book of Colossians is a personal letter written to the Colossians and to us. In fact, after the book of Acts, the Bible, most of the Bible is a group of personal letters written to the different churches, written by Jesus' apostles with instructions of how, what it means to be a Christian. And that's what this part of the Bible is all about. So the apostles wrote these letters to the church back then to give them instructions of how to follow Jesus when Jesus isn't walking around in front of them. And it teaches you how to get it right. So Jesus sent out the apostles and they reached others and they made disciples. And that's what we're called to do, to be disciples and make disciples. And they went to every town and they often started a church. 
and we've called these like mission journeys or mission trips. And they're, but they're actually church planters, these people that went out. They planted churches in every town city that they went to. And each church started well. But like every church, it can have its problems. So as the apostles moved from the towns, they would often write letters back to the church to encourage them and many times to correct them. Because false teachers got into the church and they were adding to the gospel. Other things they were doing, they were mixing in Jewish legalism, human tradition and angel worship. So let's read the first couple of verses, the usual greeting you could expect in the letter, but there are a few interesting things to note. So Colossians 1, 1 to 2, and typical greeting. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. That's his way of saying hello. So, um, but he says, grace and peace to you from God our Father. What I love about this is Paul declares his identity in Christ. And we saw Jesus do that. It says in John 13, 3, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and that he would return to God. He knew where he came from, who was, what his calling was. And so does Paul in this. I love Paul's confidence. He's confident in this. I'm in a, his identity in Christ and as this letter proceeds, that we see that what he is encouraging us to do and know is that we are in Christ and that's how we find our identity. And that's where we find that. And we will revisit that truth as we make our way through the letter, especially in subsequent weeks. And he says, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Like almost every Bible letter, he starts with grace. Grace and peace. And the word grace was a common greeting, but it's also a foundational truth. And Paul desires for us to grow into full Christian maturity. Living out our faith begins with understanding grace. And grace is a free gift. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. God loves us because he loves us with grace. And then he talks about peace. And peace here is overtones of the Hebrew word shalom which encompasses not only merely peace of mind and heart, but all of the blessings belonging to God's covenant family, that we would experience rich and mature peace. And that means nothing missing, nothing broken. I love that. That's what he wants for us, grace and peace. And Paul emphasises again how important it is to understand God's grace in our Christian walk. So listen to what he goes on to say in verse 3. We always thank God. There's a lot of thanksgiving in this. It's brilliant, absolutely beautiful. Great way to pray and to live our lives. And remember, he's writing this from prison, so it's not like everything's hunky-dory in his world. It's amazing. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. So verse 6 here, Paul states that it all started 
the day they heard the gospel and they understood God's grace. So that's the key number one to following Jesus is understanding grace. Understand that God saved us because he loves us. Again, we don't deserve it. We don't earn it. Jesus paid the full price and we can't add to it. Later in the letter you see that other voices have come into the church and they're saying you need to add to what is done, what Jesus has already done. And that's why Paul's writing this letter going, no, you don't. And in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he puts it this way. For it's by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. So there's this incredible peace and real freedom in this simple truth that we are saved by grace. Not by works means that we don't earn salvation. Trying to earn salvation leads to boasting arrogance and judgmentalism, just like the hypocrites. But understanding grace brings humility. We still do good works, but we do them because we love God and people. Not to win brownie points with God. We're not earning our salvation. But truly understanding God's grace and surrendering into it is our starting point towards developing godly character bearing fruit. And the godly change within us is that natural outgrowth of the change within us that God is bringing to pass. So what exactly is happening inside and where does the understanding come from? So how do they get this understanding of God's grace? Paul gives us the key in the next few verses. The key is Holy Spirit. So verse 7. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So here in verse 8, Paul says that the new love happening with the believers is love in the Spirit. And he says that the growth in wisdom and knowledge is through the Spirit. So that's the key. It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is God the third part of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit works within us, giving love and compassion and helps us with conviction and strength to resist evil. And Holy Spirit guides us with knowledge and wisdom for life. The Spirit is how we live it. The love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit. We read that in the Word. And we read about the fruit of the Spirit growing within us because that's who he is. When Holy Spirit's in us, there's going to be fruit that he's going to develop. And it takes time to, to develop fruit, to bear fruit, it says. It doesn't just happen overnight. You can't force it. You're like, right, I need patience, right? I'm going to be patient. I'm going to push it out. It isn't going to work. And you're like, do I have patience? I don't know. Next time someone's driving slow in the right-hand lane, I will know. Do I have patience? No, I still have some work to go. It's long-suffering. It's taking. And all of those fruits are things that come as we allow the Holy Spirit to move us, as he gives that understanding of his word and all these things that we're reading about in Colossians. So very, very powerful. We can act a certain way, 
and display behaviours, but unless there's a transformation inside, we won't be able to sustain it. We won't be changing to be more like Jesus from glory to glory. And we won't see those powerful fruits of the Spirit manifest in our lives. So John 16, Jesus says, I have to go, but when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. This is his role. This is what he's doing for us. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So powerful. So the church at Colossae were bearing good fruit in every good work and Paul encourages them this. So all wisdom and understanding come through the Holy Spirit. Why? Verse 10 says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And that's our third key. So we've got understand grace, be filled with the Holy Spirit, then we need to get to know Jesus. Draw close to the Son of God. And I read that scripture in the landing explaining who the Son of God, Jesus, is the risen Christ and we're in Christ. So we've heard a lot of this teaching. Many of us have been Christians for years or coming along to church. And we're like, yeah, yeah, I know about grace, I know about the Holy Spirit, yep, get to know Jesus. But you've got to remember, back there, this was brand new revelation. What is grace? They had totally been under the law, ticking off all those boxes, trying to get it right, bringing sacrifices weekly and repenting and trying to do things in their own strength, trying to be good people and just not succeeding. But then grace comes. Wow. This is really huge. And before Jesus left, the Holy Spirit occasionally would come and fall on someone. You know, it says, oh, the Holy Spirit came on Saul and he prophesied, or this happened. But until then, we had never had access to the Holy Spirit until Jesus left and said, I'm leaving him with you. And then the Holy Spirit is with us 24-7, day in, day out, to do all these things to comfort and guide and lead us and bring correction and teach us. This is huge. They've never had access to the throne room like we just take for granted. Hopefully we don't. But how incredibly liberating and comforting for them. And then you were like, yep, yep, Jesus. We're all about Jesus. Jesus at the centre. Jesus had just been come to earth and he'd only ministered for three years. And then he was gone They'd never had Jesus, getting to know Jesus, all of his teachings and that sort of thing. So getting to know him was something that was new and was fresh too. And sometimes, you know, you can, I can feel uncomfortable and think, well, it would actually be easier to assess how I'm going along my pathways of life if I could tick off the checklist. I have a very strong melancholy side which would just to go, oh, look at me, God, I did all my outward behaviours, I read my devotion and I did this and went to the prayer meetings, tick, tick, tick. And But again, that's just outward behaviour, trying to make me feel good about myself. It's not changing my heart. What's the point in reading the word if the word's not making me more like Jesus? What's the point in going to a prayer meeting if I'm not getting to know Jesus more and you know being in the Holy Spirit and it, it, some of us personality types probably <laughs> would like this a little bit more a little bit better what it's about is that 
producing godly character within each one of us. So Paul asks for a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing to him. It's not just a matter of being fruitful in good works, like being a nice person. It's about growing in the knowledge of God. So first, growing knowledge of God's will and ways. We pray that in the Lord's Prayer, your will be done. And then growing in the knowledge of God himself, and that's what it's all about. And the result in verse 10 is a life worthy of the Lord. Oh, I want to have that said about me. She has a life worthy of the Lord. And that's what it's about. As you follow Jesus, you get to know Jesus. And that's what journeys are for, getting to know each other, about following him, living it and getting it right. And as you get to know him, you learn how to get it right. It's all part of the travelling those pathways of life, which Pastor Jace and the team have been teaching us so well and giving us such great resources to be able to do that and access it. And in John 17, Jesus tells us, verse 3, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's eternal life. And Jesus tells us what eternal life is. It's not just living forever. It's knowing God and knowing his son. Not just knowing about him, knowing his personality, but knowing him personally. And in 2 Corinthians 2, 2, Paul says, For I have resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In fact, the whole book of Colossians is thoroughly front to back, top to bottom, all about Jesus. It's all about Christ. And that sounds awesome, but why is it all about one man? That's a good question. <laughs> so we started out with Paul's greeting. Already we have from the Apostle of Christ to the brothers in Christ, thanking the Father of Christ for their faith in Christ, which came from Epaphras, a servant of Christ. Is anyone catching a theme yet? could be about Christ. <laughs> Notice that Jesus is the reason that the church is a healthy church. So the three essentials, understand grace, be filled with the Holy Spirit and know Jesus. And that's what we just seen that first section of Colossians. It's absolutely beautiful. I'd just love you to just close your eyes where you are. Paul thanks God for the Colossians because they're a healthy church bearing fruit with faith, hope and love because they understand God's grace. Follow the Spirit and seek to know Jesus. So I want to pray for you now. Where do you stand today on your walk with God? What areas are you feeling challenged in or feeling a lack in today? We don't just want to hear God's word today. We want to allow the Holy Spirit to come in, giving us an understanding and to, to shift some things, to tweak some things and to be in that place where we can allow him to, allow, he, allow him to take us on a deeper journey, a more intimate journey to follow Jesus and to know him. So who needs, pop your hand up today if you feel like, yep, I'd like a deeper revelation of God's grace. Just pop your hand up. Great. Who would love to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit more clearly? Yeah, awesome. 
Who would like to? D- who wants to? D- has a desire to know him more closely, Jesus more closely and intimately as a friend and brother. That's great. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here with us. Right now, you've seen people's hands, you've seen their hearts, and we want to be more and more like Jesus. I pray that you would move in these areas where we have a desire, where we have a desire to understand your grace more and to live in that place. For those that have a desire to hear the Holy Spirit voice more clearly, to be able to be sensitive to that, to actually go to you more, Holy Spirit, and ask for your guidance. We thank you that You are welcome here, Holy Spirit, and when we invite you in, you come and you move. Lord, for those of us here that desire to know Jesus in a more intimate way, to not know of him but to know him as our friend and our saviour and our Lord and our brother, I pray that we have more understanding and that we have that deeper intimate relationship with Jesus. We thank you that you see us, that you move amongst us, Holy Spirit, that you whisper to us. Thank you, God. Thank you that we know God's voice by praying, talking and listening to him. And we know his ways by reading, studying and applying them. I pray this week that we would set aside times for prayer during this prayer and fasting week that we would set time aside in your word and we would set time aside just to be in your presence to have you move in our lives and to develop that deeper understanding and knowledge of Jesus to follow him more closely pray that over these beautiful people now in Jesus name amen amen let's be intentional this week as we do that So as we delve deeper into Colossians in the upcoming weeks, we will see that Paul was encouraging a lifestyle of thanksgiving and thanks living. As I said, this is pretty amazing, especially since he was doing this from prison. And verse 12 says, Giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. In verse 12, Paul prays that we would live in joyful thanks. And I love that phrase, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. God our Father has qualified us. He's made us worthy to inherit the kingdom. That's something to be joyful and thankful about. So as we read Colossians, and as you read it, read it and read it like it's personal, as if it's written to you. Get to know Jesus and stand in awe. If you do know Jesus, then live in that joyful thanks and proclaim it. If you don't know Jesus, you can actually be reconciled to him today and come into that relationship. Verse 13 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It reminds us that our Father rescued us from one kingdom to the other and he 
Jesus redeemed us and he forgave us. And that means he took our brokenness and he made it whole. And he took the sins that broke us and he made them gone. We belong in Jesus' kingdom. Something to be joyful and thankful for too. So if you haven't done this before, I don't want you to delay. So I want everyone just to again close your eyes with every eye closed. If you haven't asked Jesus to come into your life to ask forgiveness for your sins and take it away so that there's nothing blocking you from having a relationship with God the Father, we want to do that now. Don't think you aren't good enough or need to learn more or do more. We don't get our lives together in order to get to God. We go to God to get our lives together. So no matter how much we do or how long we do it, it will never be enough. We simply cannot earn God's favour. Even better, we don't have to. As you said before, the Bible tells us God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. We don't have to work to earn favour with God. The moment we believe and commit our lives to him, he gives us the best present we could ever hope to receive adoption into the family of God and once God becomes Lord of your life he begins working in your heart to give you both the desire and the power to change not before a lot of change will happen after you've been set free but you don't change in order to become free salvation is a gift it's about knowing God and the crucial understanding that he loves you as I said before we know God's voice by praying talking and listening to him and we know his ways by reading studying and applying them so if you've never made jesus lord of your life or you've wandered far from god here's a simple prayer we can all pray together now to completely surrender your life to him so i'll pray this and you can believe it and agree in your heart father god thank you for loving me the way you do for so long i've been wandering around far from you living my life my own way Please forgive me. Today I respond to your spirit who is leading me home by giving you my life. Today I receive what Jesus did for me on the cross and I receive the free gift of salvation. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you for setting me free. I'm ready to follow you and I trust that you know the way. Just keep your eyes closed, please, everyone. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or it felt like the real time, just pop your hand up so I can see it. That's great. Thank you. Love to chat to you afterwards and help you along on your journey. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.